Welcome back to the Tribal Brand Podcast. I am you, Winton. I hope you're well. Today is Saturday. I completed my third week of employment at Dep Homes. Now, Dep means beautiful in Vietnamese. Now, during my third week, I got to see some action. We uh, demoed a house out in Capitol Hill, and I have to say, I felt a whole lot of sadness for this house. That house had been there probably a hundred years. And I kept thinking about when that home was brand new. Brand spanking new. And how many Christmases that house saw. And the families that may have lived there, may not have lived there. I felt some sadness. Had some old bones. It was an old craftsman's house. All hand cut, hand nailed. All hips were hand cut. Dormers were hand cut. It didn't even have any insulation. When they started tearing it down, there was no insulation. So I can only imagine what kind of temperatures they had in that house during the winter and during the summer. Probably freaking hot as Hades in the summer and like the Arctic in the winter. But I thought about all the years that that house had been there and all the history. And it got me thinking about everything else in the world that's old now. Cars, homes, even people. Everything started out brand spanking new. Think about that old jalopy driving down the street. One time came off the showroom floor, brand new and shiny. You know, you can think about it as, uh, you know, people come out like that, brand new and shiny. Then they get old, cranky, wrinkled up. So, just got me thinking about that. Think about that next time you see an old house, the, you know, the history that it might have had. And, you know, just be torn down and hauled off in a dump truck and trashed. Pretty sad, but that's the way it is, I guess, nowadays. Everything that's old is brushed aside, and once there's no use for you, once you can't serve a purpose, you're torn down and put away. So I had a little prayer for that house, and I thought about the history, and I looked across the street, and there's a couple other older houses that are going to be torn down one day. I thought about their history. You got me thinking about human history and what happens to us when we get old and we get brushed aside and we get pushed away to the side because we're no good. We don't have any use for anybody, so we're ignored and pushed aside. As humans, that uh, sucks, but that's the reality. So all you young people out there, one day you're going to get old and cranky and no use for anybody. That's what's going to happen to you too. But oh well, the youngsters won't listen to us. They do not believe that they're going to ever get aged and old, but it'll happen. So right before the demo started, they brought in the machine and a couple Hispanics jump out of their vehicle and right away they start speaking Spanish to Patman. And I'm just standing there looking at him like, okay. And I just answer him in English and a few minutes later they're like, you're not Mexican? I'm like, no, I'm not Mexican, I'm an Indian. Oh, but you look like a Mexican. You look so much Mexican. You you sure? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. In fact, I'm positive. I got my papers right here in my wallet, and I can prove to you that I am not Mexican. I am American Indian. Straight off the reservation. I know it's kind of odd that I'm working in this business and not being Hispanic. But it's true. I'm a real live Indian. 
It was funny because the survey guy showed up yesterday, and I could tell he had some Indian in him. Sure enough, he's from Alaska. He's got all kinds of blood in him, though. He's not just native. He's everything in between. But it was kind of nice to see that he didn't just assume that I was Mexican. Maybe he could see it in me. He also couldn't believe how old I am. Yeah, we had a conversation about age and the life. And apparently up there in Alaska, those Alaskan Indians had it going on in the 70s. You see, they don't have reservations up there. What they did is they turned them into corporations. So the corporations back in the 70s and 80s could log land and have corporate jets and all that good stuff. And of course, they depleted their land. And just goes to show you that greed is everywhere. What did that guy say in that movie about uh, Wall Street? Yeah, it was called Wall Street. Michael Douglas says, greed is good. So, it comes in many colors. Greed is a funny thing. Greed is about money and power, like I've said before. And apparently the greed in that Indian tribe up there was uh, abused and taken advantage of. And now the abuse of power has left them with basically nothing of what they could have had if they would have been able to manage it correctly. But I'm pretty sure nobody showed them how to manage it and watch it and make it grow. I'm, you know, DC didn't send anybody out and say, okay, I'm a corporate leader and I'm going to show you guys how to manage it and sustain it and last your people for generations. They probably just said, okay, here you go. Do what you want. Do what you will. And that's what happened. Now it's pretty much gone and it's sad, but true. Maybe one day they can recreate what they had. Probably take a hundred years, but... They can do it. And speaking about greed, how about them actors and the rich people who are buying their children their way into these very, very expensive colleges? Now, this hasn't just started, my friends. This has been going on for a while. But somebody finally decided, hey, we better do something about this. We better catch these guys. And it's so hilarious to me that they're finally getting their asses busted. I mean, what example are you sending to your own children? That deception and lying and cheating is okay? You're going to superimpose pictures of your children's faces on other athletes to get them into these schools? And then you have this counselor that's collecting millions of dollars to do so. And then as soon as he gets caught, he starts ratting. Like squealing like a little pig. That's white supremacy at its finest, man. Those people who are white like that and they feel like they are so supreme to everyone else that they can do whatever the fuck they want. Now you have these other students that couldn't get in because maybe they didn't have the finances but had stellar grades. They couldn't get in. But these other people were getting bought in. See, white supremacy isn't just for the Nazis or the skinheads or anything like that. White supremacy goes all the way to the top of the food chain, man. If you have the money and the wealth, you are at the top of the food chain. Let's be honest here. White supremacy is all about entitlement 
in who you come from and where you come from. You don't just have to be out on the street showing acts of violence and proving that you're, you know, a white supremacist. It's wealth. That's supremacy. Wealth. If I won $50 million, I could be supreme, man. But I wouldn't be a white supremacist. Oh, no, no, no. I would be a red supremacist. And I would open me up a casino. And I would call it Pat's Poker Palace. You come on down and spend your money. Oh, well, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. I don't know what I would do with $50 million, but I tell you one thing. I would still be podcasting, and I would have me an outrageous podcasting studio and have guests from all over the world. Hey, I know. If I had $50 million, I could buy me a million listeners. I don't have to get into college, man. I could just buy me some listeners. Download, baby. I give you $10. <laughs> so the whole thing is all them actors and actresses paying their children's way into college. They think that they are so above the law that they won't get caught. And then when they get caught, they get fired and lose their jobs. They end up losing millions and millions of dollars. Great example for your children. Bravo. Bravo. I love it when they get caught. I love it when they cry and moan and act like, Oh my goodness. I I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't realize that was going to happen. I thought I was just donating. No, you were paying them off and you got caught. No, just plead guilty and, and pay for your crimes and eventually you'll be able to get another job. Because that's the beautiful thing about white supremacy or just plain old supremacy. Eventually, things will slow down and everybody will forget about what happened. You'll be able to explain it away. And eventually you'll get back to work and as if nothing ever happened. You got enough money, you'll get a slap on the wrist. A little bit of community service probably. Pay a fine, which you can do. And everything will be wonderful for you again. While these other students that didn't get in because you screwed it up for them are going to have a class action suit for something like $250 billion. Are you fucking kidding me? Be realistic. $250 billion lawsuit. One person's going to do this. Who are they going to sue? Who are they really going to sue? And what are they going to get? They might get a million dollars or get a free education somewhere. But don't be ridiculous. $250 billion. Oh my God. Hey, with that kind of money, you could build your own wall. And then some. See where Trump wants the French to pay for our border wall now? Some kind of fine that they have to pay to the United States of America. Something like one point something billion dollar fine. It's beyond ridiculous now. I mean, the Mueller thing came down. And by the time they do anything to this Mr. Trump fella, he's going to be out of office anyway. Thumbing his nose at the American people. I don't think he'll get reelected, but you never know. This guy is absolutely crazy. He spent all last weekend tweeting about a politician who's been dead for a while now, McCain. You know, straight up said I never really liked him. I even gave him a a funeral that he wanted, and uh, I didn't even get thanked you for it. Why would you get thanked? You didn't pay for it. We, as the people, pay for it. It's just stupid. The, the, the presidency of the United States of America right now 
is a fucking joke. I don't know what, I, I just don't even know what to say anymore about this guy. He's not even a politician, he's a businessman. And now they're saying that he's no richer than he was when his daddy left him that $700 million. You know, he's deceptive, he lies, he won't even show his tax return. Every other president ever, since the IRS became the IRS, has shown their tax return. What are you hiding, man? What you hiding, bro? Tax evasion. The President of the United States has probably been evading taxes for his whole adult life. His daddy showed him how to do that. His daddy even got him out of the military by saying something like he had something wrong with his feet or something. What do you call it? Bone spurs in his heels. And the podiatrist that said that he had this was a doctor who rented an office from his daddy. And then he got a deferment four other times for college. Had to complete school. You know. You know how long it took him to complete college? Who knows? All I know is white men speak with forked tongue. You ever wonder where that came from? Where that really came from? I think there was some reference to it in the Bible. But the Indians used it when they were being lied to by the the whites. And they were lied to a lot. It went all the way back to the French. When the French would try to talk to the Indian leaders and they would say, we're speaking with a straight tongue. And then after a while, when the Indians realized that they were being lied to constantly, that's the phrase they would use. The white man speaks with forked tongue. Chief Joseph used the phrase, beware those who speak with forked tongues. And he's referring to the 1855 treaty when the Nez Perce were duped out of millions of acres of land that the government said they could keep. You can see in 1863 they found a bunch of gold in the Black Hills. So they shoved another treaty down their throats. But Chief Joseph wasn't having any part of that. He'd finally had enough. He wasn't going to sign the treaty. So this led to more deaths, more battles. In fact, he tried to get his tribe into Canada where they could have some sense of freedom. All they wanted to do was get away. Well, they made it within 40 miles of the Canadian border and they finally had to surrender because he was down to like 86 warriors. They gave it a good fight along the way, but they had to give up, had to surrender. Women and children were starving and freezing He had to try and save what was left of his people. Well, once he surrendered, he was sent to Kansas, which is now Oklahoma. But it took several more years before he could return back to Washington. And that's where he died. And that's where he's buried in the Colville Indian Reservation in 1904. He was never the same again. His his people were mostly gone. What I can't understand is this. Why would they not let him just leave and go to Canada? Why did they have to hunt him down and kill his people just to bring him back down to Kansas, to bring him back to where they wanted him to be? I don't understand it. He just wanted freedom. If you're going to take away your land, that's one thing. But just let the man go with his people and find some sort of freedom in Canada. Might have been different up there. Might not have. Because they've got the same thing going on up there. The reserves, 
they call them reserves up there. Canada is no better than here. In fact, it might be even a little bit worse. There's a place up there that has a reserve full of homes that are full of mold and and just dilapidated and just not even fit for a dog to live in, let alone an Indian. I lived up on the Shushwap Indian Reservation back in the very early 1980s for a summer. And this place was way off the highway up there by Kamloops. And it was nothing but dusty roads and nothing. Stores were like 20 miles away. So I know the reserves up in Canada are no better than they are down here in the United States of America. They call them Indians up there First Nations people. But they were just ripped off and killed and massacred just like they were down here in the United States of America. It's no different for them than it is for us. Although there are some very rich Indians in the United States and Canada where they found oil or natural gas on their reservation. Luckily it was found after the 1800s because if it happened before then the whites would have just taken it back and said oh no we're gonna have to shuffle you along again because we found something we want here. Some of those tribes that are very wealthy when their kids grow up to be adults like 18 or 21 they get a big fat check for hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know about you guys but for me that probably would have killed me because when I was 18 to 21 I was doing nothing but partying hard. Life was going to be forever. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. If I was given $100,000, I could use $100,000 right now. I'd pay off all my debt. And I'd be able to uh, go out there and incur more debt, if you know what I'm saying. That's a lot of dough, man. Some people get it, some people don't. Where I'm from, we don't have that luxury. I hope they do right with it. I don't know whether getting money for free, money for just not working for it. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe it's because I've had to work for everything that I've got. I've had to fight for everything that I have. Maybe I'm just a little envious. I mean, I'm only human too. Where's my slice of the pie? Oh well, enough of that. So the jury's still out on the job that I have. When I finish putting down all that mesh for the concrete guy, my uh, fellow superintendent says, Oh, uh, yeah, for future references, what I want you to do is when you put that mesh down, flip it over the other way so it doesn't stick up. And I wanted to say, uh, for future references, go fuck yourself. But I didn't say that. I was being a nice guy. I just said, look, man, when I'm in there doing it by myself, I'm going to do it the way I do it. And that's the way it is. So what? The concrete guy's got to do a little bit more work. He needs to work for what he gets. I have to work for what I get. I don't get to take any shortcuts. I don't get to take any time off and put it on somebody else. I do what I do. I work hard, and my job is not easy. It's hard on the brain. Different elevations, different this, different that. It's not easy being a construction manager. It's a lot of brain work, man. So it's a learning process. And I will keep being the best construction manager I can be. I'll be a team player. But when I need to speak up, I will speak up. But I'll be nice. I won't hurt anybody's feelings this week. I hope you all had a great week. And I hope you have a great week coming up. Y'all need to listen. And you need to spread the word. My downloads have 
not been increasing, they have been decreasing. I don't know whether I'm just a boring motherfucker or whether you just ain't got time to take 20 minutes out of your week to listen to Patman. Either way, I'm still going to hang in there. I forgot to mention that on March 31st, I will be interviewed on a local podcast up here in the Seattle area. I hope you all listen. I will find out the details and pass that along to you. In the meantime, I pray the Great Spirit will be with you. And y'all be safe. This has been the Tribal Brand Podcast. I am Uwinton. Peace.